for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in his gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. Morning, Downtown Hope. Again, I'm David, and uh, just a joy to continue uh, to serve. I'm one of the pastors here, uh, and just glad that we can jump into our new uh, winter series. We're going to be through Luke's Gospel, uh, and we're in Advent, and so just excited. We had a great time uh, in our fall series through Philippians. Uh, A couple days ago, I I was listening to the news, and I I heard something that was quite fascinating. Uh, the, The leaders were saying that maybe by April, we might uh, get a sense of normalcy. We might go back to what was normal. So that's a long time. And so the question I, I ask myself, the question I ask you is, uh, what do you do in the meantime? What do you do while you wait for that day? What, what do you do? Uh, we have several options, right? S- some are complaining. You know, how, how long is it going to take? When? When can we get back to doing this? W- when is this going to happen? So we, we can complain. So many of us, we, we have to comply. And so what do we do when, when there's this great promise waiting, when there's this great day? We have to wait. Well, in the same way, God has made a promise. And he makes a promise specifically to the people of Israel about the problem of sin and what he's going to do about it. And so when we look at Isaiah, and at the time that he writes his prophecy, Israel is waiting. They're waiting for God to fulfill his promise. And so so what does Israel do? Do they complain? You see, in Isaiah chapter 65, Isaiah paints a picture of what it is Israel could do and what it is we ought to do as we to await the advent of our Lord. And so I'd like to read from Isaiah chapter 65. I'll read from verses 17 to 25 as we begin our Advent series. And as was mentioned early in our gathering, today's the first Sunday in Advent, focusing on the theme of expectation or longing. And so I want to read from Isaiah chapter 65, looking at verses 17 to 25. Hear the word of the Lord. God says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. 
and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Verse 24, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, what a gift it is that each week we can gather, each day we can spend time before you and in your word. And so, Lord, on this first Sunday of Advent, may our hearts be filled with a longing. And may we, as we are in this passage, understand what it is we are to do while we wait. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so today, we've said it, we have a a candle burning in the background. It is the first Sunday of Advent. And so before we jump in, I have a question. How many of us, even now, long to go back to the way things used to be? How many of us, deep down on the inside, are are burning for, man, I just want to go back to how it used to be? You see, Advent calls us not to long for what was. Advent actually calls us to long for what will be. You see, Advent is the time in the church calendar where we focus our attention on waiting. It's the four weeks prior to Christmas. This is a time of penitence and preparation. It's a time when we put ourselves in the shoes of the Israelite people who through many centuries waited for the fulfillment of God and his promises. You read the passages and you hear this constant cry, how long, how long, O Lord? And we too are often asked to wait. And and I don't know about you, but I I, I don't like waiting, whether it's standing in line in the grocery store. I I, I try to find out which line is moving the fastest. Ask Sandra, and she'll tell you. I get edgy because I'm I'm standing in line, and it's like not the right line. It's not moving, but that one is moving, and I can't wait. I'm impatient. So I jump into this line, and guess what happens? A traffic jam. We're not moving, and I'm forced to wait. Or maybe it's, it's driving, being stuck on the road, and I'm forced to wait, or it's going to the doctor's office, and you know, today I can't just go in to see my doctor, I have to wait in my car before I'm invited into the waiting room, and then wait again, I am forced to wait, and I don't like it. There's all this talk about a vaccine and getting back to normal, but guess what? We have to wait, and so often when I'm waiting. I say, I can't believe it's taken so long. It's costing me time, and it's time that I don't have. Maybe it's because most of us consider waiting to be a waste of time. But friends, not so with God. In fact, you read the Scriptures, and you see men and women compelled to wait on God. The Lord Abraham had to wait for God to fulfill his promise concerning his children or concerning Abraham's children. Joseph, given a dream, had to wait to see its fulfillment. 
Israel in Egypt crying out to the Lord for deliverance had to wait for the Lord to raise up a deliverer. And this summer we spent time in the book of Numbers and even journeying to the promised land. They had to wait 40 years before entering into the promised land. And through, the, and through the prophet Isaiah, God is speaking to a people in Isaiah chapter 65 who once had a way of life that is now lost. And they long to have it once again like so many of us today. If only we can go back to that day. You see, life had been good for Israel. Maybe life had been good for us or so we think. You see, for Israel, the the Babylonians had swept down upon them and had killed many of their loved ones, and their friends were carried off, the youngest and the brightest and best were carried off into a foreign land. The world that they had known, the world that Israel had known, the world that they loved, their paradise was destroyed. And how bad was this destruction? It's it's not enough that their children were carried away. It's not enough that they lost everything. You read Isaiah chapter 1, and their destruction, the people of God that was known as Jerusalem, the people of God, the the, the ones that God has called in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 21, it says they were unfaithful. Because in pursuing after other gods, in in abandoning God, they were adulterous. You read uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 21. He says they are acting and have become a whore. That's the devastation. That's what happens to a people that forsake God and pursue others. They broke the covenant they had made with God at Sinai. You see, sin is not just the breaking of a law. It's walking away from the covenant they have and we have with God. And so that's what fell upon the people of Israel. And and eventually they returned. And after returning to their beloved Jerusalem, things just aren't quite the same. It's not like how it used to be. They've attempted to restore the holy city. They've attempted to build God's house again, but it's not like its former splendor. It's not like how it used to be. So they find themselves still living in despair. That's the despair we all face when life is not and seemingly will never be the same as it once was, as it once was. You see, it's not like it used to be. They, you see, they rebuilt the temple, but even the temple pales in comparison to the temple of the days that have passed. And so Israel has done their best, but it's just not the same. This new normal doesn't feel normal at all. I, I dare say that's many of our stories today, this new normal that we live in, the way our kids go to school, the way we interact, we just celebrated a Thanksgiving like no other, distant from family members. And if this is the new normal, friends, I ask, how long? And so in the midst of this despair, in the midst of this question, we open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 65. 
And Isaiah enters into the heart of their despair, into the heart of a people longing for something different, for people longing for a better day. And Isaiah shares with them and with us this morning a joyous message that while we wait, it's not about complaining, that there is something better. And he says it in verse 18. He says, be glad and rejoice forever. Think about that in in the midst of the despair, in the midst of just remembering what life used to be like when we're in just frustration and just down. Isaiah dares say, rejoice and be glad. Why can we rejoice while we wait? Because God is at work. Friends, God is at work. Look at what it says in verse 17. For behold, this is what God says, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. You see, God is doing something. He says it again. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. Isaiah says, Jerusalem will be a joy. Friends, that only makes sense if you go back to what we said took place in Isaiah chapter 1. Remember, Jerusalem, this this city, this people of God was declared unfaithful. They had abandoned their covenant with God. They were in despair and destroyed. But God says, I'm doing something new. The one who felt most abandoned, the one who had done all all wrong. I am making new. I create. This is what God is doing. And so Isaiah says we can rejoice because God is still at work. This is a complete radical transformation, a transformation that so many of us have experienced, that when we were cast out, when we were forgotten about, God has done a work and he's transformed us. Friends, God is at work. But maybe our lives are just too busy for us to see him working. Maybe we're distracted. Maybe we're just constantly swiping and and texting and, and messaging and doing all these things. And our head is down and all the while missing what God is doing. This is Advent. This is a time for us to pause and and to search for that deep longing within. And it's a time for us to look around and Isaiah says rejoice because God is working. You see, all of us are waiting. We're waiting on something. We're waiting on someone. And when we're waiting, we often wonder, God, have you forgotten about me? And so we jump to the next thing. Maybe this is going to give me that satisfaction. Friends, God is at work In fact, he's at work today. At this very second, as I speak to you, God is at work, and he's working for his glory and for your good, even though the circumstances you and I might be experiencing may say different. God is moving right now to fulfill his long-appointed plans. 
And what exactly is his plan? I dare say his plan is to convert this unfaithful city, this unfaithful bride into a beautiful bride. Did you see Isaiah says of God that he's creating a new heaven and a new earth and of Jerusalem it will be called joy? Guess who picks up the very same language? You have to turn to the end of your Bibles. You have to turn to Revelation chapter 21, and this is what we're waiting for. This is what Advent is pointing to us. This is the longing deep down inside. In Revelation chapter 21, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And similar to Isaiah, I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem, not Isaiah 121, an unfaithful. But he says, I see the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Friends, God is at work preparing you, preparing me, preparing the world we live in as a bride. And so we rejoice because God is at work. We rejoice because of what will be. Isaiah 65, verse 20, and I love this. Two words, no more. He says no more. Look at what it says in verse 20. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. No more shall there be an old man who does not fill out his days, for the young man shall die a hundred years old. See, in the new heavens and the new earth, Isaiah is saying this simple truth, death is no more. No more, friends. It's as though Isaiah is saying, pick any pain that you've experienced in this life. Isaiah is saying, rejoice, because what will be is those things will be no more. Friends, what brings tears to your eyes? No more. What pain have you experienced in 2020? No more. You see, Isaiah is showing us what will be. You see, every pain, every loss, every burden we bear should create in us a hunger for the reality of no more. And that's what I need. Whether it's disease, sickness, heartache, discomfort, God is at work. And I rejoice because a day is coming when it will be no more. And again, Isaiah is just saying what he said before. In Isaiah chapter 25, death is swallowed up. When was death swallowed up? When Jesus declared victory and said, Telestai, it is finished. Friends, we rejoice because that is what is being, that is what will be the undoing of the breaking of the covenant. The, the covenant that we broke, the covenant that Israel broke, Christ comes and he undoes the damage. And so Isaiah paints a picture of the new heavens and the new earth to which God has been leading the people for so long. And the prophet uses images from life as we know it now to communicate life as we'll know it then. Isaiah is saying to us, the life you've always longed for, but have always found elusive, always that just felt just out of touch, that life is what God is preparing for you, friends. He's preparing for me. Isaiah says, while you wait, rejoice, because God is at work. While you wait, rejoice, because here's a picture of what the world will be like. 
And so if this is true, and if Advent is pointing us to what will be, then friends, that's a worthwhile wait. But do we passively just wait? Jesus, show up? I love what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. Here's, here's his point, and here's what I want to emphasize. He says, I must make it the main object of life to press on to that other country and to help others do the same. What do we do while we wait? We press on. This is Philippians. But we help others to do the same. Friends, let, let's say what the leadership has said that in, in, in April we'll go back to normal. Let's say a vaccine is available. You're going to tell everybody, good news, good news. We can go back to the way it was. Friends, there is good news being proclaimed from the Scripture. And so our task as we wait is to press on and tell others about it. And so, so hear me j- just in this moment. Why ought we rejoice? Let, let me just reread what Isaiah says and, and, and give it maybe something that makes, that'll help make it sense. Help it make sense. He says, the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create in the city of Annapolis joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in the city of Annapolis and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. That's my prayer for this city. That the reality of the world that will be that we can begin to experience it now, that we as a body of believers can live our lives publicly and show the world what it can be and ultimately what it will be because of him. And so Isaiah says rejoice, but but I say not yet. You see, Advent is a pause on rejoicing. Advent forces us to dig deep into that longing. And before we celebrate Christmas, before we rejoice, we are forced for four weeks to sit in that time of longing and waiting. And so what if waiting is okay? Maybe we were made to wait because we are not yet adequately prepared to receive what God wants to give us? What if we're not adequately prepared? Then we spend the now preparing for the then. So we, these four weeks, are invited to enter in to the reality of what so many people recognize, that we are outsiders. 
that we are in exile, waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. And so we join believers around the world crying out, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. And what does the songwriter say? When the Son of God appears, what do we do? Rejoice. Rejoice. Emmanuel. Friends, we wait. A time will come for rejoicing. That's the Christmas season. But for now, we wait and we long. We wait for God to fulfill his promises in Christ. In fact, that's what Luke's gospel is about. That's what our series is about through Luke's gospel. And we're going to spend the next year in the gospel according to Luke, fulfilled, looking at God's promises in Christ Jesus. But until then, we wait. We long with great expectation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Let's pray. Father, we keep our eyes upon you, and we sit in the silence of now, but to leave our distractions, to leave the things that take our attention of the longing deep down in our hearts. Amen. Amen.